Have you been deep diving into health and nutrition and want to learn more? Up for a chat? Cindy O'Meara and the Functional Nutrition Academy present to you the Intro to Nutrition course. This 10-week introductory program is the perfect Kickstarter to help you gain knowledge, get empowered and develop a healthy relationship with food. To find out more and to get access to one of the world's leaders in nutrition, go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash nutrition. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and it gives me great joy, pleasure, and excitement to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the Christopher Columbus of wellness. He's Dr. Damien Christoph. <laughs> great man. Oh, that's so cool. How are that's you? That's cool. I'm well, thanks, MP. Very well, very relaxed. Had a nice little break away. Got in We have month. missed you. We have missed you. Pierce. I missed everybody too. It's uh, really nice to be back. It's you know it's one of those things you go on holidays and I oh, look I love holidays and I could I could do holidays every day of the year. Um, but I got to the end of this one. I thought mm, could go home right now and um, and so we did obviously. But it was good to just get home and get back behind the pizer form again. Get adjusting again. Get back into forage. It was uh, it was terrific. I think it's a it's a wonderful uh, and we'll talk about where you've been and 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 what you've learned in a moment but I do think it's um it's a it's a wonderful reflection on your life I would say when you do have a holiday and you do get to the end and go I'm ready to go back to my life um, yeah you know that goes to show that you that you love your day-to-day life you know I think you know more than anything I'm in a space at the moment where you realize just how much we're creatures of routine and and whether we love our routines and if you love your day-to-day life that's a wonderful reflection on on where you're at so but for the people that don't know that you've been on holidays and and, yes. and where you've been just give the listeners the 100 not outers and insiders to where you've been who'd you go with um, and then we'll and then we'll talk about what you've learned over that time Okay, okay. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, I went away on a little trip, went to France, uh, which is a 22-hour flight from Melbourne, Australia, which is where I live, and um, I went with Jackson, my son, and Amber, my wife, and we had a ball. We Amber had to work, actually, so she, she was working for a little bit over there uh, for a couple of days before Jackson and I arrived, and uh, then she worked for a couple of days while we were there. And, uh, and we hung out together in Paris, and then we went to Monet's Garden, and we went to Versailles, uh, which was beautiful. And then she, then she flew off to Copenhagen, did a bit more work, and Jackson and I went down to Switzerland, to Geneva, and, um, and, and looked at a couple of little towns there. One's called Montreux, another one's Vivay. And then we went from there with some friends to a place called Megev. Megev's a, um, a ski town in the French Alps. We spent a couple of days there with a great friend of ours, Ben, uh, who uh, is Jackson's You slummed it right here. Is it true that you slummed it? Slummed it. It was terrible. <laughs> and we uh, we had a ball. We had a ball. And we went from there, went from Megev to jump on a train, and we went down to the south of France and um, went to Avignon and uh, spent uh, about nine days in the south of France. It was uh, Love in, Avignon. 
in Provence. So at Avignon, was a beautiful town surrounded. It's like a, uh, a walled like a, city. Walled city, the old town. Uh, is amazing. Went to, uh, we stayed in an area called Le Beau de Provence, and it was uh, a beautiful old castle town, which was incredible. Again, another walled town. Um, in fact, where most of the castles in France got their stone from was from this region. Really? In fact, yeah, and there's a there's a uh, there's a type of stone, a type of type of rock, which is actually from this area. It's been named after this area, which I I, I since learned, but I can't remember the name of the rock. Anyway, so we spent you know nearly is it a half there. No, but I do have I do have a great story about. Um, Plaster of Paris. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you want to tell us? Yeah, yeah you know the rock gypsum? Yeah. Which is where they got the word gyp rock gyp from. Gyp rock? Yeah. yeah. Gypsum uh, is a rock, but it's really soft and crumbly. And what um, I think it was King Louis the sixteenth. The, uh, I think it was. Or maybe, maybe it was the 14th. It must have been the 14th because the 16th was killed. He got... He got killed in the revolution so it was the 14th he um didn't like the look of all the of the timber timber framed houses and after um something that happened in the uk where most of london burnt down and i don't think it had anything to do with the war what they did is they wanted to coat all of the um the the, the wooden frames and all the wooden weatherboards of paris and they wanted to secure them so they wouldn't burn and what they, they found is that if they got this gypsum and they ground it down or they heated it, it became really crumbly. But if you wet it, it became really hard. And so they have boundless amounts, enormous amounts of gypsum in their mountains. And what they did is they, they got all this gypsum out and then they cooked it and then they ground it down and added it to water and then they plastered it all over the buildings. And, uh, and they called that plaster of Paris and it doesn't burn. And uh, and that's our plaster of Paris. That's what we wow. make all of our little statues out of, and all that sort of stuff as little kids. Um, and essentially, that's the that's gyprock. That's the that's plasterboards uh, that we make our houses with. Isn't that that's fascinating? What, yeah, that's what I love about. Um, I mean, I, I've got a bias to Europe, but that's what I love about traveling to places like Europe. You learn the connection between you know history and today, and where things come from, and why, and how, and all the rest of it, and. Uh, yeah, you just don't normally learn about that stuff in everyday life. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that unreal? It's just unreal. So speaking uh, of lessons, I mean, I'm yeah. guessing, you know, we were in Korea last year, so we had a you know a European experience. You've been in France and Switzerland this year. I know last year, you know, you had some big thoughts, some really big awakenings and enlightenments and even some, you know, frustrations, you know, about the world but you know i'm tipping well I'm, I'm curious but you know you come away from a trip like this and hopefully you uh, hopefully you're going to say that you fall in love with the world and you love the diversity and all the rest of it but what have you learned from this trip have you had any big thoughts big ideas that you want to share with us that you think might help people live a better life well yeah great great question mate i you know, I, you're right. Last year when we went to Korea, I was um, I was struck. I was I was um, captivated by how relaxed everybody was and how chilled out they were. And I, the last well, ten months since we went on that trip, uh, I've been really consciously uh, adjusting my lifestyle to be calmer. You might have noticed that, MP. Absolutely. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be a bit more. 
um, measured in the things that I say yes to, and I and I uh, am taking a lot more time out for myself. I'm playing a lot of golf, as you know, and so I'm I'm trying to do that. That's based on my learnings of Ikaria last year um, that we learned in Greece. And this year, going to France, I thought, well, what am I going to learn in France? Literally, I, I literally thought that, what will I learn in France? And so I went there with a big open mind, open heart to try and embrace the lifestyle of there and understand what they do. And and I was, to be honest with you, a little bit shocked because I'm aware of the French paradox, uh, which many of our listeners would be aware of, which is... You um, want to explain that for those that yeah, have heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like why French girls don't get fat. It's that book that was uh, that was written. Um, essentially, the diet in France is very rich in saturated fat, very rich in processed carbohydrates, but their risk of heart disease is very very low. Like they don't they don't have a whole lot of heart attack, cholesterol issues, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And that was investigated probably back in the early nineties. And what was then coined uh, the French paradox was understood to be that it was the consumption of red wine um, that mitigated the effect of all of the you know the animal-based saturated fats, the processed meats, and the processed carbohydrates. Will wine offset the animal fats. Yes, this is the uh, this is the thing, and so it's from a chemical known as oligomeric proanthocyanidin, and that's found in grape skins and grape seeds, and so essentially it's a an antioxidant, um, like a polyphenol or something that uh, works to break down oxidative uh, free radicals in the body um, to allow people to live well and live long and prosper. And so I went over there kind of, you know, expecting um, to to experience a bit of that. But what I, I suppose what I did experience was a lifestyle that revolves very much around lifestyle and parties and what I can get out of the amount of time I have on the earth, not how can I maximize the length of time that I'm on earth so that I have lots of time on earth. It's about what do I, what can I do to maximize the amount of time that I've got on earth or oh, my experience on earth, you know. So they smoke every day, you know, in, they very rarely eat breakfast. If they're going to have breakfast, it'll be a croissant with um, a cup of coffee, but generally it's just a cup of coffee and a cigarette. And uh, and then they get on to work, and then they'll you know um, maybe have lunch, but generally have you know a pretty decent uh, main meal at, at night time. And so again, I was a little bit struck by the whole food thing, but I I was really shocked um, by how many people actually smoked over there. And when I reflected with you on this, you said, "Well, mate, the uh, the oldest woman in the world came from France, and she's." Exactly, and she smoked till the age of ninety-five, the ripe old age of ninety-five. I smoked and for so, ninety-five years. Of her hundred twenty-two years, I've, yeah, that, smoked for right. ninety-five of one hundred twenty-two years. She, yeah, I think so she quit age one hundred seventeen. Yeah, I still that's don't probably know why. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know. I know. Is that so amazing? a New Year's resolution at age one hundred seventeen? <laughs> How's that? You know, she quit five years ago. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, that was when she was 117. So it's uh, it's it's an amazing thing. So I was a bit struck by that. I was kind of like, oh, you know, and I looked around and there's no health food stores. I didn't see one chiropractor. Mm. I saw some osteopaths. But I didn't see one chiropractors chiropractor. aren't allowed to practice in France, are they? Oh, they are. We are now. Like I think in the last couple of years it's become legal, but uh, it was illegal. Uh, which is amazing, like for the company, for the country that pretty much sorted out democracy. Um, I mean, the Greeks invented it, but then the French kind of got it right um, that you can't do certain things. So, 
uh, really strange, but I suppose that shows the power of medicine and pharmaceutical companies. And there's pharmacies everywhere. Like whatever drug you want, whenever you want, you can get there. it in France. Anywhere, it's yeah. they're everywhere. So uh, yeah, it was a very very different lifestyle. I loved it. It was the most beautiful place. You know, for all the people that uh, understand the romance of France, um, I also understand the romance of France. It was just beautiful. Jackson and I had a great time there. Amber and I had a great time there. As a family, we just, you know, just embraced the cultures. You went to Arles. Did you say you went to Arles? Yeah, I went to Arles. Yeah, so Jean Calmont was born and and lived in Arles. I'm just reading up on it at the moment. There's no real... and not recognition. You don't know that when you arrive there, though, is it? It's more like the home of Van Gogh or Van Gogh, however like people like to say it, rather than um, Jean Calmont. It's all about Van Gogh. There's nothing to do with Jean Calmont. In fact, if I had seen a sign or any kind of reference, you and you I would have been, been doing there. a podcast. We would have yeah. been doing a podcast from France. Because <laughs> 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 I would have been reminded of that, but I didn't realize that that was where she was from. But it's all about Van Gogh. You know, all of the footpaths have little signs on them that have Vincent written on it. And so you kind of follow these footpaths and these little signs, and they take you to little parts of um, of Arles that have been influenced by Van Gogh. It's, you know, amazing. You know, and you're going past statues that are 2,000 years old. What did you observe, you know, on the on the history side of things, but also, you know, in terms of where they are today? We've spoken about nutrition, but what did you observe in terms of their social life and, and, and their movement? I mean, I know we're talking about, you know, they can get any kind of medicine they want and they do have a high carbohydrate diet with animal fats and the rest. But in terms of, say, what you observed, and it's hard when you're a traveler and you're, you know, in different places and the rest, it's hard to get a real gauge on their lifestyle, but... In terms of, say, their movement and their social life, what did you observe over there? Um, well, maybe um, I'm maybe a little bit biased because I was in uh, Paris. So I was, you know, right in the city for the first week and a bit. Um, I didn't really see a whole lot. You know, there's a lot of people riding bikes around, walking, a lot of people sitting down and heaps of traffic. So it's kind of a, it's a spread, you know. When we got out into the country region, so when we got out to uh, the south of France, what I did observe was quite a lot of people exercising, which was really nice. You know, people doing runs, people doing rides. There's obviously quite a good, strong bike culture over there off of the back of uh, the Tour de France. And um, and so people are riding up mountains, riding down mountains. You're always seeing cyclists. There's a lot of respect being paid to cyclists too. It's, you know, people in cars literally will move out of the way and watch what the cyclist is doing instead of trying to knock the cyclist over, which is what we try to do in Melbourne. And uh, it, it's very, you know, really, really different. It was really nice. It was a, a nice feeling around people exercising. But in terms of um, aggregate movement, which is what we saw in Ikaria, which probably is one of the main things that makes it a blue zone, there's, there's not that aggregated movement or that, you know, um, movement that you just kind of do as a result of, living life it's it's not the case in fact there's probably more of a a culture around sitting at the front of a cafe uh, with a, with a, a an espresso and maybe a little pastry and smoking a cigarette um and i was amazed at how many people would just walk into a cafe sit there order an espresso and then light up a couple of cigarettes and that was what they did that was kind of their downtime um and and that was in the country regions too so but to you know, be fair, I don't know. I, I didn't expect a blue zone experience, but it, it's amazing that Greece and France are so steeped in each other's cultures. You know, you've got French artists who influence Greece. You've got Greek artists influencing France. Um, you've got such 
enormous respect for each of those countries from each of those countries. Um, and they have similar, you know, challenges with, you know, bordering and neighbouring um, countries, you know, for example, Turkey and so on and so forth in history. And uh, yet their cultures are very, very different and the landscape is almost exactly the same. So you're they, kind of going, oh, weird, you know. Their the cultures are very different. Mm. However, their values... I would say are very similar, like their love of food and their well, respect for food. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, I, I, say, I respect. I, look- I mean that that it's a it's a you know they have a real um, it's a, it's a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But they honour it. You know, to get a Frenchie talking about cheese or wine or bread, they don't just go, yeah, that's bread or that's cheese or that's wine. Like they really get they're enamoured by it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. You know, I yeah, I get that absolutely. But one of the big differences was the, I suppose, the degree of utilization of fresh produce in Greece was far greater than the utilization of fresh produce in France. Yeah. So a salad in France was basically either iceberg lettuce or um, butter lettuce on your plate. Yep. That was kind of the salad that you get. As far as it went. Yeah, and vegetables, you pretty much didn't get vegetables unless it was chips um, <laughs> and, um, or you would have vegetables um, in a stew like a, a ragu or a, bourguign- a bourguignon or something like that. You'd get vegetables in that way, but you didn't really get vegetables on the side of your plate like you would. But, you know, if you went and paid lots of money, you would, but you know, it didn't appear to be the case. Now, I have to – here's a caveat. If I went and hung around in the – the areas in Greece that are um, touristy, Athens, Athens, well, Athens, for example, which is you know obviously the major city, the main main city in Greece. If I went there, I might struggle to find vegetables, but at least I've got the souvlaki, and at least I've, I can salad. do those. Got the Greek salad. I've got those things yeah. that I can rely on. But you know where we have in Australia French salad dressing. I didn't see French salad anywhere, let alone the French salad dressing anywhere in France. You know what I mean? Does it make so, you more? Yes, yeah, sorry, go on. Uh, it's just maybe it's because we didn't live with the people, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, like, well, it's, it's harder, like, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, when we were in Greece, we lived with the Ikarians. You know, yeah. that's part of the allure for us to go back to Ikaria is to live with them and experience their culture and, and learn what they do and immerse ourselves in it and have a lot of fun and enjoy their humour and learn their dances and all that sort of stuff and the rules around dancing with people and where you put your hands, hey, Marcus. And so, <laughs> you know, that stuff is different to what I experienced in Greece. Oh, sorry, in France, because I didn't go and stay with the people in Provence who live in the local region, you know? So, so yeah. You know, maybe that maybe that changes it. So, with all of that, do you yeah. come back uh, more grateful for actually the, um, the ease in which we can eat quite healthfully in this country? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Look, we got back... And we had some grapes that were sitting in our fridge from when we left. And so that means that they were at least three weeks old by the time they got to our house. And I used them this morning for breakfast. I just chopped them up because they're still quite nice. Like, they're firmish-ish. you going to say they're soggy? They're, some were getting soft, but some were still really firm, which means that's the intelligence in the living food, right? Because they've been able to sustain their life and hold their form because there's intelligence in the grape. Mm. And uh, they've been taking the nutrients and the nourishment from the um, from the stems of the grape plant, right? 
uh, as opposed to um, just hanging around in a plastic bucket. But they might have been, you know, picked weeks beforehand um, at the supermarket or the market, wherever we got them from, before we actually went to France. Mm. Now, I, I used them up and we all commented on how nice it was to have fresh food. Interesting. Now, and it's not fresh, but yeah. it's, it's fresher than what we we're getting in France. Now, we went into the supermarkets in France um, and the the supermarkets don't really have a big array of produce. It's kind of all stuff in boxes and packets. And uh, and so, yeah, I do appreciate, you know, even going to Coles or even going to Woolworths um, or Aldi, you know, I, I would feel that I'd be getting fresher produce than what it would be at a, at a very easy and very um, affordable price compared to what you pay for it in, in uh, France. Like an avocado, for example, in France, um, was three euros for an avocado, five which bucks. is you know five bucks. There you go, yeah. four fifty. That's uh, that's I think really important for people to to you know absorb that we have it. We we do live in an incredible country, like remarkable, and we whinge and moan in the nicest possible way. It's easy to whinge and moan when we don't have contrast of what other people are experiencing in their countries. I mean, you've already said you didn't really see a health food store. You didn't really see many fresh food items in the supermarket. Um, some people in Australia go, well, you know, you shouldn't be shopping in a supermarket. You should really go and, you know, source a, you know, seasonal, local, organic, you know, whole food variety and the rest. I think we've got to just take a chill pill and recognize that we, we have <laughs> so too. much ease in this country, so yeah. much ease. Yeah. Um, and, and France, in many ways, is a very progressive country. Uh, yeah. But you can also observe where you look at our country and you think, far out, we have it so good here. Um but you do find, particularly in health, people are, are whinging and moaning about not just first world problems, just just problems that aren't even problems. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think it's just important to recognise. And travel gives you that contrast. I have no doubt. It's a wonderful experience to come back and go. I'm so grateful to be able to just easily get grapes or salad. You know, um, particularly uh, yeah, when you've been to a, another developed country and and one steeped in the history. The other thing that you talk about that based on your experience, which I think is really important to. I suppose bring up is I don't know if you were similar, but I know when Sarah and I finished our time in France, this is ten years ago. But like we were sick of croissants. We actually uh, it, it, it seems weird to even say that. I love yeah. a croissant, but you actually begin to crave like you know in my mind it would be like you know eggs and greens or forage or something that's just got yeah. more nutritional value. Your body starts craving nutrients as yeah, much as absolutely. it loves a croissant. Uh, after a while, you go, I just want something fresh. Hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, yeah, I uh, I get that. I put on three kilograms while I was over there for that three weeks. Um, <laughs> you know, that that's a result of of sampling the fine wine. Um, in you know, when I say sample, it was probably a little bit bigger than a sample. But I, you know, we had lots of wine. We you were putting of, water in your wine and eating with it too, weren't you, Damien? Well, if I was in Greece, that's what I would have done. But in France, <laughs> if you put water in your wine, it's kind of like putting water in your wine like you would be here in Australia. Yeah. You'd be condemned. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I put on quite a lot of weight. But very quickly, within the last couple of days, most of that's gone. I've lost, you know, nearly two kilograms in just a couple of days, just again from eating fresh food, you know, fresh fruit and vegetables and, you know, getting back on track with my food and my diet. You know, it's just it, – it's an amazing thing to be reminded of how powerful it is to eat good food. Yeah. Despite what we see and what we've noticed with 100 Not Out, that food is uh, is a poor seventh cousin in terms of importance um, mm-hmm. around longevity. 
but it's uh, it's still a great way but to quality of life it's everything affect the quality of your life yeah that's right so and very very quickly like the response has been very rapid yeah Oh, good. Oh, good wisdom. So cool to hear uh, parts of your trip and uh, thanks for sharing. And um, I do think it is a wonderful lesson just in the contrast of, of countries and, and recognizing more than anything to all of our listeners just to be grateful for the setup that we have. You know, and you may not be listening, you may not live in Australia listening to this, you may be in the States or New Zealand or wherever it is. But I do think if you're able to cultivate your own healthy lifestyle wherever you are, just to be reminded of, of to be grateful for for the fact that you can do that um, because it's not easy to do particularly when you're traveling so as always great man thank you for your wisdom and you've got me thinking i i need to set up a page because we're both getting a fair bit of interest just in our conversations i need to set up a page for people that are um wanting to come along to ikaria in 2018 to get an early interest list uh to get that up and running so i will get that up in the next couple of weeks um for people that uh, want to register their interest for the greek island longevity retreat 2018. great idea great idea yeah i have got a couple and you've got a couple so yeah the more we get that happening that'd be good we don't want to miss out on Ikaria next year. It's really something that's going to happen. Might be a few sneaky happen. surprises too. Ooh, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe you said that. That's oh, amazing. That's nice normally something I would say. That's something surprise. I would say. Well, no, so you reveal the surprises. I just <laughs> say there'll be surprises. But, uh, okay, can I tell everybody? No, before, everybody? before before you do anything, I'm just going to say thank you very much because <laughs> you'll share something. Uh, guys, we would love we would love your feedback um, on uh, 100 Not Out. If you want to help us share this podcast with the world, the best way to do it is to give the podcast a five-star rating in the iTunes store. Uh, know that there are over 20 different shows on thewellnesscouch.com, more being added all the time. So head over there to check out all uh, the different shows on the network, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. Um, to find out more about Damo, go to DamienChristoph.com, myself, MarcusPierce.com.au. And again, until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.